Radar Network. We are back for a special. I'm going to call this a spoiler review because I feel like we're going to have to spoil some things to discuss the show. Um, If you are like us, you spent all of the first day of the new year binging Cobra Kai. And we are here today to talk about it. I'm Shanna and I am joined by Phenom from Where's My 40 Acres. And I'm going to just ask, how did you feel about the latest season of Cobra Kai? It's the first official Netflix season. Um, What did you think of it? So, like, I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm not, I don't say huge. Am I huge? I'm a huge. Maybe huge, maybe a little less than huge. I don't know. I'm a fan of Cobra Kai. Like, I thought it was the only reason you should watch, you should have YouTube. There was one other show, but I can't even remember the name, so that tells you that much. Um, I thought the first two seasons were dope. I thought the second season was really dope. And... You know, in comparison, I thought season three was a whole lot of filler, like just unnecessary knockdown drag out session filler. And I don't know why. I don't know if something happened when they moved to Netflix. I don't know what's going on, but they just did a whole lot of remember Okinawa set up this season. I didn't think that was necessary to the degree that they did it. So um, I think so. While I still really enjoyed this season, I think I feel similarly and I am wondering and I might have to go talk to a uh, friend of the show, Peter, because um, Peter has been covering Cobra Kai since it was on YouTube. He's like super into it. Like he's like interviewed a bunch of the cast and the producers and all this other stuff. So I might have to go to him and find the inside scoop. But um I also wonder if the move to Netflix affected the rollout of this season or the pace of this season, because I kind of feel like the thing that I was expecting to happen, which is Danny and uh, Johnny team up and bring the two JoJo's together. I thought that would happen like at least halfway through the season. And then the rest of the season would be like them taking on Crease. And for some reason, they were like, no, we're going to give you a whole season of these people treading water just to team up at the very end. And I don't know why they did that. It doesn't make sense. Like it, the, way, the way the last season ended with Crease completely taking over Cobra Kai and Johnny being kind of left out on his ass and Robbie on the run and Miguel with a broken back, which will magically get fixed in a month. I was like, okay, the next season has to be like the first episode after this big school fight, Daniel and Johnny going, okay, we need to get Robbie straight. We need to find out if Miguel is going to be paralyzed. And then we need to team up and take down Crease because we both at this point agree that Crease is a huge threat and extremely dangerous. Like, he's a fucking psychopath. We need to get him out of here, and then we can continue beefing or whatever, but he's got to go. Like, the enemy and my enemy, we need to take him out. Like, he's like, but this isn't, that's not what happened. Like, it was so weird. So I I don't understand, (laughs) like, exactly what you said, and I'm 
I was sitting there like every single episode and I was like, like when he would show up, like when he showed up to talk to um, Tori, I was just like, why has nobody else come to talk to Tori yet? Why is Crease the first person that's approaching her? When he showed up to talk to Robbie, I was like, these people, and by these people, I mean Johnny and Daniel, they leave these children open to be manipulated by Crease because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Daniel literally goes to Okinawa. Like he goes to <laughs> Okinawa for a week and leaves these kids here. And Johnny, Johnny and Robbie's story is completely trash. Like it is so messy. He is a terrible person and father still after two seasons. There should be some growth. And there was growth, I thought, in season two. And finally, when Crease and him butted heads, like, okay, cool. Like Johnny is gonna step his game up, and maybe Allie will come in and give him a pep talk or some shit for whatever reason. Cause I don't get why they needed to bring her back at all, other than we love her. So I'm like, cool, let's see what happens. And literally, Johnny screws Robbie over while he's on lockdown. Like, Robbie's in juvenile detention, getting his ass whooped by some of the most racist storyline setup shit I've ever seen, and one of the worst twist Jerry curls I've ever seen. Robbie is just left there. Like, Johnny doesn't even go visit him after going to find one of his friends who is a preacher to set it up so that he can go visit Robbie. Like, what What the hell is going on? It was so weird because... I get that Johnny is not somebody who knows how to communicate well. Clearly. We know this. <laughs> like, we have learned this about this character. Absolutely. But that moment when he has to choose, because, like, what happens is, is for the first time since he's like tried to you know be there for Miguel Miguel's mom is willing to have him be around him and so they're like okay he's about to go into surgery can you be here and like I legit would have been like hey I really want to be here I'm gonna have Miguel in my thoughts but I need to go see my son my own kid that's like literally all the words all the words you had to say (laughs) He, spent, he takes more initiative to sneak into the hospital and improperly get Miguel, give Miguel, uh, uh, I, I can't even think, physical therapy than he is to go see Robbie the one time he needs to go see him to the point that he goes to a, a, a food shelter and takes food from people who need it just so he can stand in line and talk to Robbie. Like... That, by the way, that was one of the funniest things this season, that woman basically, like, trying to, wanting to fuck him, but at the same time being like, I will fuck you up if you fuck up my meal. I love the ongoing, that running gag, I'm here for. I am here for every single time Johnny sees that homeless woman, her being like, you know you want to fuck me. You know you want to fuck me. I am that... That is one running joke that I hope they keep throughout every single season because it cracks me up. But yeah, he literally went to a food kitchen and took food out of homeless people's mouths just to talk to his son when he had the opportunity to talk to his son doesn't show up. What is up with white parents letting their kids tell them, leave me alone, I don't want to talk to you, go away. And then they actually do go away, leave them alone, and not talk to them. 
What is the? <laughs> what is like your daughter is literally suffering PTSD right now because of the claw marks on her arm, and you are actually allowing her to deal with it on her own. I think sometimes this show forgets that these kids are teens, and I there's never a moment where I forget it, but I feel like the writers do because they have a PTA meeting or whatever in the be- assembly or whatever in the beginning for the parents, and they're all hot and bothered by this karate. And then that never gets touched on again. Like these kids are literally getting their ass whooped throughout this whole season at work, at the car wash, at, at wherever they are, they are getting their asses whooped. And these parents never show back up. Like, hey, I thought we had a whole assembly about this. Why is my kid still coming home with a broken nose and a broken arm, bloodied and black eyed? Like my child literally got thrown through a window. What 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 is going on? <laughs> that was actually my favorite part about the first episode was that because the whole time I was watching season two, I was like, these are karate gangs. Like nobody is talking about the fact that karate gangs have taken over the streets of like Southern California. What is going on? And the whole first episode was everybody being like, these kids are in gangs and we don't like it. And now we have and. I don't know why they were, they had security at the school that was checking backpacks. I was like, do the security guards also know karate? Cause that's really the only thing that's gonna like save anybody or help anybody. And they just, other than the fact that it was affecting Daniel's car business for some reason, the karate games were affecting Daniel's car business. And the teachers in the school were all like, you know, no contact. <laughs> Everybody just seemed to forget that karate gangs were just roaming the streets. <laughs> I, I'm, the, the whole thing with Daniel's dealership, I love how they make that a convenient story arc for him until they don't need to anymore. So the whole this whole season, like seven episodes of this season, of I think it's 10 episodes or whatever, mm-hmm. seven episodes of however long the season is, the majority basically, he is dealing with his failing car dealership and happened to go to Doyota. Doyona. To get it fixed. And he ends up in Okinawa and they, they brought back characters from that, which I was wondering if they would, because I know that actress was still like definitely out here in a bunch of stuff. She never stopped acting. So I'm like, I wonder if they're going to get her and bring her back. And they do. And it's cool. But as soon as they're done with the Doyona shit, he goes right back to Miyagi Dojo and it's like, oh, we don't need to go sell cars anymore. Like we cool. So we don't have to go to work again. We could just go right back to Miyagi Dojo. Also, they did two weird things, which I don't know if it's something that they plan on actually following up on or not, but they, so they reintroduced homegirl from, uh, from Japan who Daniel clearly had some sort of, you know, romantic thing with, right? And -hmm. then they also have Allie, although Allie is clearly more interested in Johnny now than Daniel, but still there's like- That's a weird- There's a weird dynamic there. And it did feel a little like there was something still there, Daniel, at least on Daniel's end, right? And so they talked about these two relationships and the the one with the woman from Japan, it seemed very like, hey, if there had been a Facebook or a Twitter back when we were young, 
we would probably still be dating. And then with Allie, it was kind of like, you know, oh, if you had been a little bit more like mature, or you like, you know, like had, if, if basically if there hadn't been misunderstandings in our relationship, we would still be together. And I'm not saying this to say that they should explore that because I actually love Daniel's wife. She's like one of my favorite characters on the whole show. Right. But it felt like they were hinting at something like Daniel's not happy in his marriage. They did it with the Okinawa girl and they did it with Allie. Yeah. I don't understand why you would do that when you've shown clearly that Daniel's wife now is not to be fucked with. Like she the only she hits crease before anybody else hits crease. How how? How did his wife hit crease before (laughs) anyone else hit crease on this show, bruh? She she's like my absolute favorite because she's <laughs> even like from the very beginning she was like, why is my husband the leader of a karate gang? Like this makes no sense. You are not sixteen years old. You have our daughter doing this. This is ridiculous. Like I love her, and even when she she's like, no, we're gonna handle Crease my way. It doesn't work. She brings out all of the power of her white privilege and is so disappointed when it doesn't work. I thought her full Karen was going to come out, but I feel like she's never had to use her full Karen before. So she fumbled the bag. <laughs> she was just, she was ready, hard. though. She was like, oh, no, we're going to handle this my way. <laughs> well, she, the other thing was she wasn't prepared for Kreese to anticipate her Karen. Like, the fact that they went in to get restraining order against him and he had already taken out a restraining order against them. <laughs> but Shannon, like you're smart, dude. Like you knew that that was what they were going towards. Like there's no <laughs> you didn't see that coming. I was like, oh, she gonna go to the police station like right now, right? Like she's gonna tear a sleeve on her blouse or something and go to the police station and be like, this man needs to be thrown in prison. He's a homeless psychopath Vietnam vet that for some reason was living on the streets and could not accomplish anything in the last 20 years up until the last three weeks. Like something <laughs> is really wrong with this man. And instead, she's like, no, I'll sleep on it. Think about it. Wait a day, maybe two. And then she shows up and they have a restraining order. It's her. And she meets the most just her and Daniel's son. You see why they're together at that point. It's like for a while, I was like, she's too good to be with him. I don't understand. She could run this business by herself. She could go out and find a dude who doesn't act like a child randomly and want to go do karate in the backyard. But then you see them in the police police station together. and You're like, oh. They're really, really white. <laughs> hey. Super. Like problem white. Oh, I was I was so upset for my girl. I was like, oh, you should have known. You should have anticipated that. How did she not? <laughs> like, how did she not? She's the only adult on this whole show, by the way. Oh, the she- only one. And Miguel's mom. Miguel's mom. But she's she's so rarely on the show. So, okay, so I'm not saying that Miguel's mom isn't an adult. I am saying that Miguel's mom is fucking Johnny, and you see what state Johnny is in. So what is going on with her? <laughs> what is it about? True, true. Like, you know, she's like, oh, man. Like, she, it's like she didn't know how Johnny got Miguel to start walking again and doing karate again in a month. Okay. But, we have to talk about that because... That's not how physical therapy works. And like, I love this how, show. How is that not offensive to ableism? How is that not ableism though? Like, it was so much ableism. And I was like, 
I was like, I know we're all just letting this go because we love Cobra Kai and we think it's silly and it's funny how dumb Johnny is. But I was legit like, this is not like every person in a wheelchair should be offended right now. Every single person with a handicap watching this show should be like, oh, you just need to put a porn magazine on a fish hook and I'll be able to walk again. Like, is that that's how it works? And they actually do it in the show. I'm like, because I, I, I went I went straight to Twitter after watching like four episodes. I was like, there has to be like an ableist group who is just pissed right now at this show. And I go on Twitter and the only thing I see is Cobra Kai season three is super racist. And I'm like, I was so focused on the ableism that I didn't even notice the racism. Like, see, I, I this is how <laughs> this is how I know that people go on or go into these things with an agenda. Because if you walked away from this season like Cobra Kai is super racist, which by the way, I knew back in season one when I binged right. season one. All Valley. All Lives <laughs> Valley. Like, this, what did y'all think this was going to be? Like, it to me, if you walked into this season and came out with Cobra Kai is racist and not Cobra Kai is ableist as fuck, <laughs> you already had an agenda going in because I'm sorry. I was watching this and I was just like, this is not how physical therapy works. I've, I've been said this because I, um, I work with martial artists. So I'm like, this is not how you teach martial arts. This is not how you act in a dojo. <laughs> like all of this. Well, actually teach martial arts. That's the other thing. These kids are doing barrel rolls and flipping around and flash kicks and Hadoukens. And I'm just like, but there has not been one training session. We have not seen one kata. We have not seen one legit sparring session. They just all of a sudden know how to fight, especially Hawk. Hawk is flipping around all over the place. Like he has a eighth degree black belt. He is my, so he is my least favorite character. And I am upset. I mean, I knew Tori was a sociopath from la when she busts out fucking claws at the end of last season. I knew that she was just gone. She, the, the, the light had gone from her eyes. But the fact that they like, quote unquote, redeemed Hawk at the end of this season he has been the worst. He has been the most dangerous of all of these kids. He, like, legit, not just, like, hurt his friend physically, but made it his, like, job to ma make that poor boy feel like shit. <laughs> all yeah, of last season. <laughs> at that point. Like, when they, after, after everybody's arms was broken and the little Asian kid was thrown through Daniel's son's window out of his kitchen... Like they all just go up to the friends that beat the shit out of them. And they're like, I know you was on, I know we made a mistake, dog. I did some wrong. You did some wrong. I'm like, what? No, that's, that's not. I did, okay. I think y'all are taking the whole guys get over things really quick shit way too far. This is, this, nah, homie, you ain't about to throw me through a window. And then the next day I'll be like, man, it's cool. I fucked up my back and shit, dog. But you know what I'm saying? I know where you was coming from when you lift me up and threw me through that window. I deserved it. When that boy said, Oh, it's a cat. And he went outside. <laughs> the fact that nobody said we don't have a cat before he went outside. <laughs> and then the next time you see him is when he comes crashing through that window. I was like, everything about this is wrong. Everything. Also, did we come they completely glossed over Hawk and Team stealing the money? 
for Miguel's surgery from the car wash. Like nobody reported this to the police. They were like they had a whole car wash. And these are not black kids in Baltimore asking for twenty dollars from Meek Mill. These are white kids from rich families. And when shit like this happens, I'm like, all y'all gotta do is be like, hey mom, you know how we were out all day washing cars for Miguel? Well, some kids on motorcycles, we know exactly who it was, stole that money. It's like stealing from the church fund. It, we stole that money. And, you know, now Miguel might not be able to afford his surgery. But the thing and is, they stole it just to st- to still give it to Miguel, but because they didn't want Miyagi, though, to be the ones to give them the money. But literally everyone knows Miyagi, though, raised that money. They went to get their cars <laughs> that day. Everyone. <laughs> I was like, this is the dumbest. Like, you just didn't want them to be able to take credit for it. Like, I'm not even mad at the characters on the show doing it. I'm mad at the people in the writer's room who wrote that. Like, they wrote that out and then they actually had them directed. Like, I was like, so nobody go is going to go, this is just really, really, really dumb. To- <laughs> <laughs> really dumb. and maybe it's because we're black people watching this show of white people acting foolish with kung fu that we see these things maybe privilege has just consumed these writers and people so much that they think this is plausible i like i just don't understand and then like the fact that miguel like came out of the hospital and was like oh like things must be back to normal after our karate gang like nearly paralyzed me Everybody's like, dude, like, fucking Samantha couldn't go up the stairs. Like, <laughs> none of us are talking to. I like, I don't know why Miguel got out of the hospital and thought that everybody was friends. I I know that the teachers at this school are terrible. Like, oh, they're absolutely. really really bad. They're terrible. They they they. I don't know if they if these people was working in daycare, and they just ran out of teachers because the gang shit happened, and the teacher was like, nope, not getting my ass kicked by a sixteen year old. I am out. I seen 187. I know what Method Man did to Samuel Jackson. I am out. And they brought just random people in to start like monitoring these kids because that one woman in the cafeteria was just, he has a hawk, ma'am. He has a hawk fro. Do you believe anything that this little white kid is saying? He is clearly lying about everything. What was the thing he said? He said, like, they made me feel unsafe. They were in my physical space. <laughs> Ma'am, yeah, and then had the audacity to be like, pick up your Legos. <laughs> like, it literally destroyed a kid's project in the cafeteria, and she said, pick up your Legos. And he was like, maybe you shouldn't bring toys to school. And I'm like, or maybe you shouldn't be playing soccer in the fucking cafeteria. Like, what is she doing? What is she doing? And and put them all on. <laughs> She's like Saturday, rehabilitative not punitive <laughs> detention. <laughs> I know that I know that there are people who are like, well, if women want to be be equals, then we need to treat them like equals and not treat them like men shouldn't be picking on them. But literally, there's a girl telling you that these three dudes are trying to fight her. And you are like, hey, woman, I'm giving you detention for two weeks. Two, your two Saturdays are mine, like the breakfast club. Come on, man. What is going on in this town? it's it's an actual mess i want to call cps on the whole town 
the whole town. I don't know if that if I can do that. I know we don't have enough social workers for that, but I still want to do it because this is ridiculous. None of these kids are safe. And then even so because of the way the season ends, I like went and because I haven't watched these movies in forever. So I went, of course, and read the Wikipedia's on all these characters. So Crease is the reason Crease and Silver and what they did to Daniel um, Mm -hmm. in Karate Kid 3 is the whole Mm -hmm. reason that Cobra Kai wasn't even allowed to like have a dojo Mm -hmm. (laughs) and compete anymore. Yeah. So you're telling me that this man gets up at this uh, council meeting and starts talking about how like he just wants kids to be able to like do their best and to instill values in them and you don't go but sir aren't you the one who are is the whole reason that y'all weren't allowed to compete in the first place like nobody questioned that (laughs) you're taking it back that far like you're giving them a whole lot of credit how about (laughs) the fact that tori cut a girl at the school and is cobra kai dojo you did like nobody. There was a, there was a one point where I was tweeting. I was like, so no parent in all of All Valley, who is cutting a check to Crease, has actually walked into this dojo because it's not like Crease is hiding that he's a sociopath. He has, I'm gonna kill your kids all over the walls, in this dojo. And he gets up at like you said, he gets up at this meeting, and he starts talking, and they're actually buying this bullshit from him, and nobody goes. But your kids are the ones with the knives at school. Like, dude, nobody's asking the right questions. Like to them, it's all just karate. And I get it. Cause like, if I wasn't one of the people directly involved, I'd be like, okay, karate gangs, shut it all down. But then when I guess, and, and, I know it's television, <laughs> but still, like I, when the person is showing up to do the the to plead their case, I would have done a little bit of research, <laughs> like but research for the the PTA shit before that. So I'm like, where are those same people when they're trying to decide if they want to clo- if they want to just ban karate, which is crazy. They're they're not banning like legit karate either, you know, like masters you know, stuff passed down from generation to generation. No, they're banning white dude karate teachers, which are terrible karate teachers. Like, they don't teach real karate at all. And that's what they're banning because these kids are running around like ninja assassins trying to kill each other. And it's not even like they're doing it in back alleys or in empty parking garages. They're doing it at, like, Laser Tag and uh, Dave and Buster's. So they're also destroying establishments while doing this. And yet, nope, the only establishment that's in trouble is Danielson's car dealership. They, they, nobody else is like, hey, your kids can't be coming in here flipping and kicking shit and breaking stuff, right? Like, somebody has to pay for that. Like, legit having full-on karate battles at the mall, and nobody is like, hmm. Kids are idiots. They went, I, I cannot believe, because they just wanted to do another um, one-take shot like long shot for the fight. I get why they did this, right? Ever since fucking Daredevil, everybody wants to do this. But they went to Danielson's house and destroyed it. And all I kept thinking was, are the, do these kids not understand 
that they also can go hang out with Robbie in juvenile detention for the shit that they're doing. You can't go destroy a man's whole house. He showed up at the dojo and was like, you came in my house and they they they, were, they attacked my daughter. I was like, we ain't even got to say the second part. They came in your house, bro. That's an expensive fucking house, too. He just rolled up in your house. And then they destroyed Daniel's entire house. But somehow in the end, Robbie is still with Crease. Like, Robbie knows Tori and them are crazy. And Robbie still decides, Crease is my guy. Crease is going to hurt me they got rid of Robbie, but they should have got rid of they should they got rid of Aisha. They should have just got rid of Robbie because they clearly didn't want to write a story for him. His mother has more development in rehab than he does coming out of juvenile detention this season. Robbie had all this development the first two seasons, and then this season nothing. Yeah, now, just completely erased every like they, you know one step forward, two steps back. Robbie just fell back into Robbie from episode one, season one. It makes no sense. And and like part of it is the whole thing I said earlier. They leave the opening for Crease to manipulate these kids because they're not around. Neither Daniel, like fucking uh, Johnny's too busy writing a 30 page long Facebook message to Allie to go parent his child. The, the Johnny <laughs> gets Facebook joke is just not funny after the first time they do it. And he just, I know the internet. I have Facebook buy this laptop, buy this. I'm like, dude, there's so many other things like the kids that we should be focused on right now that we're not focused on. And it feels like every once in a while they go, oh yeah, we forgot about the kids. Let's have them fight again. And then let's go back to whatever Johnny and Danielson are doing. Or let's give Crease a background story because we care about why Crease is a psychopath. Dude, let's okay. can we just- We're, we're gonna get to the Crease background story, but I do wanna say that if you haven't, I think somebody screenshotted the the Johnny letter to Allie from Facebook. It is worth the read because when she says, what have you been up to? My man literally goes year by year. He's like, so in 1991, this happened. <laughs> and oh, then no. in 1992. <laughs> like, he's that <laughs> stupid. <laughs> he's like don't really remember much from 93 (laughs) like that's he's an idiot i love johnny i I get that this show leans heavy on the first three films i i absolutely get that and that's one of the reasons that i was surprised at how well it was done because i knew that was that was what they were going to do and that's why i was kind of like i'm not about to watch that shit but then i had youtube for free and i was like fuck it i guess i'll watch it and you know it turned out to be really good and i was like oh this is cool they're leaning on it, but it's like in an it's an interesting way that they do it. The only thing that I would get rid of is them feeling like they need to keep giving Danielson more screen time. They really don't. It should be about his kids and Johnny. Mm-hmm. Like that's all it should, it really should just be about that. This is Johnny's story. And then season three pops up and they lean so hard that it's not even like Easter egg cool. Like, oh, I remember that. It's literally just yeah, we're going to go all the way back to Okinawa and we're going to chill in Okinawa. Danielson might even have to break six glasses when he goes back, dude, for, for a couple hundred bucks. Well, you know, like The thing is, the, the show... The, you're right. The show should be about the kids. 
but the, the problem is the show is set up so that it's so the reason the kids don't like each other is so rooted in Daniel and Johnny's rivalry like they've literally just passed on all of the toxic parts of their like competitiveness onto these kids whether they meant to or not and so I did enjoy the scene where Daniel and uh, Miguel finally fucking talk because like Miguel's like, oh, I heard that story completely different. And it's like, yes, because in Johnny's mind, Daniel stole everything from him. Mm-hmm. And like he that's the story he told Miguel. So Miguel's like Miyagi-Do is full of a bunch of like thieves and cheaters. <laughs> And then Daniel has told everybody that, like, Johnny was, like, this crazed rich kid who hated him for no reason. Which is not completely inaccurate. Johnny was definitely a fucking problem in the first film. Like, I remember watching a YouTube video where they were trying to paint Daniel's son as the bully. And I was like, I would completely buy you saying Daniel's son was actually the bully if I hadn't actually watched the first Karate Kid film <laughs> and knew that you were leaving out parts where Johnny was legit being a fucking dickhead. Mm-hmm. Like, just to be, like, they're like, he shows up on the beach and dude is trying to talk to his girlfriend and Danielson just rolls up and is like, hey, boy, he's like, yo, why are you in his business? Danielson's bullying. And I'm like, no, that's not what happened. Johnny, like, broke her radio, dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, Johnny was... He showed up really angry. And and, and that's why like Daniel's like, he's like, I didn't know all their backstory. I was just being nice to the girl. <laughs> like, I didn't know all that shit. And I think, so what I like about the first season is that they really do humanize Johnny. He was just a kid. He, like, he was just a kid who was being manipulated by Kreese, just like these kids are being manipulated today. So I like that. Now, the crease backstory. Here's why I didn't need that. I don't care <laughs> that crease was like just this guy, this like nice guy who was like bullied and like found his place in the army and like was willing to go to war and fight for his country and all that stuff. That's lovely for a story about a guy in a war. You are in the fucking valley. Why are you teaching these kids to fight each other like it's a fucking war? There's no redemption arc for Kreese in my eyes. So, like, why are we wasting time on his backstory? There's no redemption arc for him because when he shows back up to work with Johnny, he is already trying to manipulate him into getting what he claims he lost or was stolen from him, Cobra Kai back. He has not learned anything in the last 20 years. He and Johnny have both been stuck in a time capsule. They're like, nothing has changed. But the difference is that Johnny wants to change. Kind of. He kind of wants to change because when he, when this show starts, he is like, he is hell bent on being a drunken loser, you know, and he starts to grow when he's dealing with this kid, Miguel. Because, man, when he went in for that job interview and he explained why he had a record, mm-hmm. it was so bad. So bad. Like, like, to hear him explain it the way Johnny explains things was so problematic. 
You just gonna leave out the part where they was jump where they you beat up three three thugs, three white thugs who jumped the kid. That's different. Like that's not what you just said though. You said you beat up three kids because they but they were assholes, so it was okay. Come on, Johnny man. <laughs> Come on, bruh. And then they tried to recreate the whole scene with Allie from the first Karate Kid where Danielson shows up in the kitchen and he sees her dancing with Johnny and Johnny kisses her. Again, this is why Danielson is not the bully. De- Johnny literally molested this girl on the dance floor in front of all of their parents. <laughs> <laughs> right? The parents, I, you know what? I actually should not have expected better from the parents in All Valley because they were terrible in the 80s. Um, this time, Johnny shows up and sees Allie talking to Danielson at a party that every parent in town is at, which is why these kids can freely go around stabbing each other. And Johnny is like, mm, I'm angry because they're talking. Dude, you just you just had lunch with her. Like spent all day with her pregnancy. Calm, calm down, bro. It's been 20 years. You just had lunch. She's not your girl. Also, she got like three kids, bro. And she's going through a divorce. She's, and she's just been divorced. Like, calm down, sir. Calm down. You don't you don't want all that responsibility right now. Also, although I'm not sure about it, as far as Johnny knows, Daniel is happily married. <laughs> so like he, he didn't see Daniel hanging out with the chicken Okinawa, so he, he doesn't have the same vibes I have. But as far as he knows, Daniel is happily married. Like it's not that deep. You went on a double date with Daniel and his wife. I, 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 and like, so did Johnny just forget that he just had sex that day morning with Miguel's mother? That was when, really for me the bigger issue. I was like, you just fucked Miguel's mom, and you should not be out here on dates with anybody. But like, you know who else knew that he was with Miguel's mom? Daniel. Allie. No, Allie. Oh yeah, she did. Allie knew. Allie knew, and she was throwing it all in his face. Like, not not, not that he was with Miguel's mother. Her, but JJ. She was like, you can get this, sir, because we reminiscing and nostalgia dick and shit. I was like, yo, this is wild. Wait till she finds out that Johnny has is, like, seeing a woman, and then she brings it up to him. He doesn't even mention it to her. She brings it up to him, because what I thought what was going to happen was he was going to show up with Allie at this event and Miguel's mother was going to be there. But then I forgot that she's a person of color and they don't get invited to these white parties. So if she would have been there, she would have been there as, as the help looking through the little hole in the door, like Daniel's son back in the first Karate Kid film. I hate you. <laughs> Tell me I'm lying. Given the way the show is written. Tell me I'm lying. <laughs> I did. I really did expect her to show up <laughs> for some, for some reason, but I did not like expect her to be the maid. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I just... Uh, okay. The crease backstory, we don't need it. It was literally something sprinkled throughout the entire season just for us to get the reveal of Terry Silver, who I'm assuming will show up next season. And to that, I'm just like, so the guy who was like so horrible and and messed up that he got Cobra Kai banned for life from the All Valley tournament is going to show back up 
<laughs> I, I mean, Ben Silva was like a billionaire, bro. Yeah. So for him to show back up, like, you know, if if, if Terry Silver actually cared about Cobra Kai, listen, this um, this doesn't make any sense. So Terry Silver is your boy, right? That's your Viet, that's your Vietnam homeboy. You call him when Johnny and Danielson, two ordinary guys, decide to team up and run a dojo against your dojo. You at no point called Terry Silver when you was walking around in the streets of All Valley homeless as fuck and had nowhere to go and was constantly getting kicked out of whatever, whatever room and board you were staying at. Like, you never thought to call him then. You call him when you get Cobra Kai back. Seriously? And, like, that's my thing is, like, so what is he going to do? Help train Robbie to yes. beat them at the thing? And exactly what's going to happen he's going he's going to he's going to turn robbie into the villain from karate kid 3 that was fucking with daniel that's what he's going to do and he, he's going to do it with him and tori i just uh, i want better for robbie i want better for robbie so bad I and knew. then what? And get Cobra Kai. So what are they going to end next season with Cobra Kai being banned from the tournament again? So then Johnny has to start a JoJo that can't beat Cobra Kai anymore? No, it's going to be all these kids working, being at Miyagi Dojo and being like, we're sorry. And none of them actually getting in trouble for any of the kids they kill next season. Because kids <laughs> are going to die. Like, they're going to actually kill kids next season. Danielson almost died in Karate Kid 3 trying to save that fucking bonsai tree. True. They're going to kill kids next season. And all Valley is going to be like, this is out of control, but we can still have this karate tournament. What was the, what's the new dojo that uh, he called the Eagle, Eagle Fist? Bang. Eagle Fang. Bang. <laughs> is what he said. And the fact that people are asking, will Terry Silver return for season four? Who the fuck do you think they're going to bring him? I, it's gonna be it's gonna be Miyagi Fang do Dojo by the end of next season. I hope Miyagi is rolling over in his grave. Not fucking deal with some of this shit that is just dumb on this show. Now the only thing I would have a question about is if they're going to actually bring back the Tormentor mm -hmm. from Karate Kid Three. And I wonder how Daniel. So I looked. I looked him up, and that dude has said he's willing to come back. I didn't realize, like I did realize, but it wasn't until I saw his face again that I fully remember. So that actor played AJ Cordenmain on General Hospital for many, many years, and apparently he he was like he was like this ridiculous. Um, karate like he knew karate like that's part of the reason he got the part was because he was that good at karate and his audition was like so good like he he like legit scared ralph macchio in the audition and that's why they cast him so like he he's like i've i'm i've always done this like i i still train and i'm happy to come back and and reprise the role so i i would love for him to come back because i like that actor I, I think they should bring him back, but I think it should be not as, like, this tormentor. He should be, like, a dude that's constantly trying to make amends yeah. for misusing karate skills. 
throughout the season and it should just be a running joke like that because i think having terry silver is enough like but do we bring back a, a jessica too no, like that that no. your son's girlfriend do we bring her back i like, feel like we, nobody cares about her like the fact that they've only ever talked about Allie and then they they brought in homegirl from okinawa i feel like if they bring in one more of daniel's ex-girlfriends his his wife is gonna be like really really <laughs> I, 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 listen i'm just i'm i'm kind of like this this the, my biggest my biggest issue with this show of us and all of this, despite it being entertaining, right? I, just so many issues. My biggest of out of all the ones we've mentioned is that this show has nothing that happened between Karate Kid Three and the first season of this show. So when they do memories, it's only memories from the first three films. <laughs> when they do any type of conversation about like a flashback or anything, it's the first three films. We don't have shit of Ralph Macchio like going out and getting his first job, like him hooking up with his wife, them having a daughter. Like we don't have any of that. Also, did they just get rid of his son? Didn't no, they? his his son showed up in that one scene where Samantha was acting, where Samantha got in trouble, and the mom was like, "Oh, when when they walked into Miyagi Do, when she found out she had been secretly training everybody." <laughs> <laughs> and the mom walked in and the son was behind her and he was like like she was like Samantha I'm, Samantha, I'm disappointed in you he's like yes I'm so disappointed in you Samantha <laughs> how rich do you have to be to not know that your daughter is tra- is training a gang of karate kids in your backyard or at Miyagi Do like how why don't any of these parents know where their kids are any, <laughs> at any time ever I your just... daughter often got stabbed to death by Wolverine claws and you still don't know where she is. I just love the setup of it because um they were all like, Well, how are we gonna train? Like, you know, da, 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 da. and she was like literally like, My dad's out of town and then they showed Daniel flying to Japan and I was like, Why would he be flying to Japan right now? <laughs> like she just she almost died, dog, and you're going to Doyona. Like your wife actually could have went to Doyona. You didn't need to do this. And she probably would have actually got the contract extended instead of having to go to Okinawa to then find a random person that your random Okinawa girlfriend from back in the day actually knows that somehow the girl that you saved from the power tower that is now working for Doyona and she was not at that meeting that you went to, but she wanted to head niggas in charge over there. Bruh, this convenient ass writing that they did this season to move the story along for a story that we did not need that they could have done in three episodes. Johnny starts Eagle Fang and does it in a park. And they actually gave him two episodes of this. That shit should have been, they showed up and went, nah, bro, we need to go to Miyagi Dojo at this point. The struggle is real. It's it's time for us to combine. I just, yeah, I really thought we were going to get that mid-season and, and just move on to the rest, but... They, and and so this is my question about the move to Netflix. Like, I wonder if the plan had originally been for them to team up kind of immediately um, because they were still on YouTube and they were, you know, it seems like whatever was happening with YouTube. I think the seasons moved faster, like season one and two, a lot more seemed to happen. And uh-huh. I think it was because whatever was going on with YouTube, they were like, OK, we got to move through this story 
um, to get everything that we want to, you know, talk about each season, right? And so I think maybe the move to Netflix made them feel like, oh, we can actually take our time and set some things up and, like, not rush things. Um, like, I don't know how much of season... I do know, like, I want to say most of season three was... Or, like, at least half of it was probably shot before the move. But uh, I yeah, I just don't know. So... That's, that means, if, if I were to take a guess, I would say that they shot all of the kid fights and stuff and maybe like the crease backstory actually no i'm gonna hold that off i think they shot all the kid stuff and johnny is drunk stuff <laughs> before they moved to netflix and then when they moved to netflix netflix was like hey we're actually gonna give you three more seasons so you need to stretch this out and they were like but we only have one more season written and netflix was like that's cool but stretch it out yeah. So then, okay, let's send Daniel back to Okinawa. Let's go get those actors. Let's give Crease a backstory that uh, makes you understand why him and Terry Silver are so cool. And clearly, Terry Silver was one of those guys that was a nerd back in the day. Then he went to war and he came back, and now he's this cool dude with a ponytail and a billion dollars. He knows karate. Because the guy that is supposed to be Terry Silver back in the day in that story is a wimp. He's so, such a wimp. I think, too, so I think they probably filmed the kid stuff. Johnny and the um and all that horrible physical therapy stuff. Oh, and Rob, and 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 yeah, and maybe maybe some of the, I think the Robbie and because I'm with you, the Robbie story is so uneven. I wonder how much of that was already done, right? Um, so I think some of that was filmed, and then I do I feel like they were asked to stretch it out, or they or maybe they themselves felt like, oh, now we're in a secure place, we don't have to rush through our story. Let's build out some extra things that we've been wanting to do or thinking about doing. But again, I don't need the crease backstory because none of it justifies what he's doing with these young people. None of I it. I just I think the, the my I think another problem that I'm down thinking about with this is. So let's say they did. They, they, this is what that is. What happened? Like what we're theorizing is what happened, and they needed to add more weight to this season to stretch it out so that they could get more three more seasons out of one season. It's not like they don't have fifty kid characters to give stories to and explore, and they don't do it. Like they bring new. They bring Kyler back and get rid of Aisha, and we'll touch on this in a second. Because their excuse for why they did this is complete bullshit. But they bring Kyler back and a bunch of athletes at the school, basically the cool kids who hit the gym that Hawk and his friends were scared of, which is why they joined the karate dojo. Which I want to tell y'all, I know y'all watching Cobra Kyle, let me tell you something. That it never works out like this. You will not join a karate dojo and all of a sudden go beat up the the high school football star. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> not gonna happen okay like my my man hawk isn't even in the gym like lifting weights bro you can throw kicks all day but quarterback is in there bench pressing 250 pounds he'll punch you one time you'll be done all that fucking barrel rolling in there you get thrown into a wall um you know they don't explore those kids showing up to cobra kai and cobra kai kind of changing the merits of the group that was already there because remember these kids in cobra kai are losers okay and they're losers who can fight now so they're kind of cool, but they're still losers. And then the popular cool kids show up, and he's like, we're getting rid of, the, you know, Chris is like, we're weeding out the weak. 
and that is not what happened um these kids show up and they're they're still scared of these losers. like kyler just falls in line behind hawk and i'm like what about all the other strong athletes that showed up like i thought there was going to be controversy within the ranks at cobra kai which makes more sense you brought in kids who had training in physical activity and liked to hurt people these were nerds who learned how to fight and were getting revenge it would have been nice to see that dynamic actually play out in cobra kai right to start making Hawkeye kind of question, oh, am I doing the, am I, should I really be in Cobra Kai? But instead, that is not explained. And at the end, they yada yada him, seeing his friend getting beat up by other people and going, oh, it's not cool when other people beat him up. It's only cool when I beat him up. So I'm, I'm leaving Cobra Kai now. That, that was what was frustrating about it was like, I didn't feel that they had done enough to really justify I call him Hawklip. I don't feel like they have really done enough to justify Hawklip's redemption because like you said it it would have been one thing if he was being like bullied or mistreated or like really having to deal with that conflict of um these guys who used to beat me up are now at my dojo. But really what it was, was he was trying to fit in with them, like with the whole drinking thing and all that. He was more upset that Robbie came in and was becoming friends with those guys quicker than he was. Right. And Robbie wasn't even there. That was another dynamic that could have been explored. But that's not that's not what happened. Like they didn't do that either. Him and Robbie kind of button heads did not really play out well. Right? Robbie shows up, Robbie steals a coke steals the cobra from the zoo or whatever. And And that's the thing. It's like you're you're not even talking to Miguel, but you're like, I don't want Robbie in our dojo because he hurt Miguel. But you don't even talk to Miguel. I'm I don't I really, really don't understand how any of these kids are actually friends at this point. I I understand better how these kids are friends. No, let me switch this around. I understand better how Kyler can punch the shit out of Miguel's spine after they just put him through Johnny physical therapy to fix his legs then I understand I understand that better than I understand the relationship between these kids as friends in this show. When he was punching the shit out of Miguel's spine, I was like... Which they showed emotion for like five minutes. It was so many punches. It was so many punches. I was like, are we not going to talk about why this boy is beating up on a boy who is just in a coma and could not walk? That everybody thought was paralyzed. Like Kyler shows up again. They they switched to Aisha for Kyler. Kyler shows up and immediately starts trying to recripple a cripple kid. That is like that is his motivation. What, what, what? And Hawk doesn't stop this. He goes and sh- saves his friend who is actually okay. Right. Like they might break his arm again, but that's fine. Miguel literally could not feel his feet for two weeks he was paralyzed 
and I... you are just like Kyler's just punch- <laughs> and nobody else takes notice of this. No other kid sees that Kyler. Like nobody's like, "Hey, Kyler, you went too far, bro. Like, you're, yo, yo, chill out. You're gonna cripple this kid again." Like nobody does that. Miguel getting his ass whooped, getting literally getting his spine whooped in the corner. The in the ramifications of that. That's why this show is just silly because the ramifications of if he would have done permanent damage to him the show would have had to then take responsibility for that character and that story to play that out but since they yada yada it's fine he has magical spine syndrome i just it was so weird to me like you said like the fact that hawk lives motivation for like maybe we've gone too far is not this boy over here punching someone who was literally disabled a week ago (laughs) like but he's like now you guys are beating up my friend whose arm i broke a couple of weeks ago just keeping it 100 here if i'm miguel and i see that y'all still fighting and i could not feel my toes a week ago man i'm not hanging out with y'all no more i'm playing xbox online i'm chilling in the crib i'm helping my mom wash the dishes like i'm not outside I'm happy to be walking again. I literally just went from, I don't think I'm ever going to walk again to being able to walk. No, I'm not trying to do flip kicks and shit with you guys. Okay. Y'all, if y'all still want to fight, that's cool. I don't know what y'all plan to do after graduation, but bro, I'm chilling in the house. Like I'm letting my legs fully recover. I need like a year to get over the scare of never being able to walk again. A smooth year minimum. I'm doing all my homework. I'm getting straight A's. I'm no. studying for the PSAT. Miguel's like, immediately not... trying to be in another tournament. <laughs> he's he's having dreams in his coma about fighting people in tournaments. But that makes sense, right? Because there's no actual weight. For, there's no there's no weight to any of the consequences in this story. So it makes sense that when he all of a sudden can magically walk again, that he's like, cool, let's go fight people. That's how you ended up here, bro. That's how you slow motion fell in CGI and broke your back on that metal rod. Like, what? And Tori's story is just... Am I supposed to feel bad for Tori because her mother is sick and she makes her sandwiches and she works two jobs and still has time to run around with Cobra Kai and go to the dojo? To me, Tori is like Crease, where... I would feel bad for you if you did not continue to make all of the wrong choices. I Why like is she... <laughs> like... I'm trying to fight Sam, dog. Like, what did, like, okay, listen, you almost cut her. It's over. It's over, right? It's done now. You pull out a weapon and everything. It's cool. No. Also, they don't, I, I hate that they don't explain how any of these kids know how to do any of this stuff. I know Tori showed up and she knew, she quote, knew karate. But yo, she ran in and grabbed the signs and shit. I was like, yo, she's Raphael now. What? Oh, they grabbed the dip chunks. What is going on? She's trained in weaponry now. That I mean, yeah. Like we we're just gonna continue to yada yada. <laughs> we're just gonna continue to yada yada their skills. But I was just like, I don't, I don't understand why Tori makes the choices she makes. She was mad. The reason she showed up at Daniel's ready to whoop Sam's ass again is because 
she was mad that they were working together to bring the JoJo's together. Is Miguel really worth all this? Is in are any they all? It's like you you are expelled from school. You are working two jobs. Like I loved when she showed up at the sushi thing. Like, oh hey Miguel, like how'd you know I work here? He's like, I didn't know you work here, bitch. <laughs> like I just came for sushi. <laughs> like, but because she works fifty eleven jobs, she works all over the fucking valley. He can't go nowhere. She doesn't work. Like, you work 5011 jobs. You are training at this dojo, breaking into zoos. You're you have to go visit your probation officer every week. You don't aren't you too busy for all this? I, and don't even like don't even mention technology in this show because it definitely is present times. But it's like none of these kids use their cell phones to record anything. So everything is, I don't know if that really happened. And I'm like, really? This is the, this is the fucking TikTok age. I'm surprised there's not a TikTok video of some of that kid getting thrown through that window. Like, how? How are these kids hiding all of this shit that they're doing to the, to the, to the point where, that nobody's parents are concerned? Or that there's no evidence of it. I I just it it, it is it, in the first two seasons because it's so it's so silly. Like you can let it slide, but it it gets really serious towards the end of season two, and you're like, oh, the show's gonna take it there, and then no, they they take it there, and then they just kind of leave it there, but they continue with the silliness too. So it's like, okay, Tori is upset, is tripping over Miguel. But like this isn't even Riverdale. Like these kids have kissed. These kids have kissed. Maybe. Yeah. They're ready to kill each other over each other. Like it really, it it really doesn't make any sense for it to be this level. And and the fact that like Robbie and Tori seem to be the only two to face any real consequences makes no sense to me. Like I... those are the only two in the dealing with the juvenile system right now. I'm blown. I just and I'm I'm scared because they're adding more serious villainous players into the show. I am I don't I feel like they are not well equipped enough to write for these types of characters that they're introducing. So, I'm I'm I am I'm truly worried about how Many times I'm supposed to just sigh and let it go next season. Because I'm telling you, when one of these kids gets thrown out of a fucking plane. (laughs) And that's the thing is like, because I don't want I don't want anybody listening to think I don't like Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is infinitely entertaining. I laugh my butt off. I you I binged the season so fast that I couldn't believe that I was done again also because the what was the end I thought was going to be the halfway point so we got to the end and I was like when is the next season coming because <laughs> I expected more um it's it's entertaining as hell but I really feel like you have you have to suspend so much 
<laughs> disbelief. Way better. Like the first two seasons are way more solid. They're way they're way more fun. They're way better. And the third season is irresponsibly entertaining. Like it, it, it you know. I went back and I rewatched the first two seasons a couple of months ago, you know, COVID and shit. And I was just like, oh, this show is so good. And I can't wait for season three. And then I started watching season three and I was like, oh no. <laughs> they, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> they they had two, they had two in the chamber. And and now they're like the gun is clicking. What what is going on here, bruh? And it just gets worse and it's long and it's drawn out. And then the kids fight, and then they're like, Mommy, we fight, and then they it's long and it's drawn out, and then it's Daniel, 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 maybe Johnny, kind of crease, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. I'm like, bruh. It 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 is what it is. Um, I forgot about I forgot to bring up Aisha again. So Oh yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I had heard that there were issues with her as as a person, but I don't know anything about why she wasn't in this season. Okay, so I didn't read that. I read what the producer said for why they didn't bring her back. And what they said was they did not have a storyline developed for Aisha. So that's why they didn't bring her back. And they use the excuse, you know, they go, there were some kids that we just don't develop storylines for. Like after the first season, you don't see Kyler anymore. And I was like, but you guys brought him back for this third season so that's not true and also Aisha had a significant story arc as Sam's friend and this girl who was nice that goes into Cobra Kai and literally gives a girl a front wedgie which they were which they make sure to talk about throughout this whole season and even the girl she gave the wedgie to gets a more significant role this season so, so I'm going back to I'm pretty sure there was something behind the scenes where either she didn't the actress must not have gotten along with either the producers or the cast because there's that's an excuse. There's no way. I mean, the little black boy who works at the um, arcade, he don't have no storyline like there's lots of people. <laughs> who are part of the two dojos that don't have storylines. And I mean, off the top of my head, I could come up with a storyline for the girl who just got into a huge fight and her best friend, like her best friend is this girl who's going through PTSD. Like, yeah, no, even if her storyline like took a step back and it was more about just like supporting Samantha this season, there there's there's no reason to not have her unless there's something else going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I'm trying to I Googled her and I'm trying to find out some of these people that write these long articles, um, they, they don't get to the point at all. It's just these drag out poorly written articles. So I don't see anything about I, I would probably have to do more research, but I don't see anything about her having conflict with other people on the show. This is going to be something I research after we talk about this um, or after we finish talking about this to find out, you know, what really happened with this actress, yeah. because that was, that's such a lame excuse that they gave. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for them favorably because 
if you were to take what they said at face value what they're really saying is we thought the girl Aisha gave the wedgie to and Tori were more important people to develop a story for and that doesn't look good because look at Tori look at the way the actress looks look at the girl who got the front wedgie and then look at Aisha Mm -hmm. it does not look really it it does not play out well I mean and they were already from my understanding you know folks had already kind of questioned that the fact that like you know, you have the the one black girl on the show, um, even with her storyline, you have her like surrounded by these other girls who are very like conventionally pretty and like, you know, most like the main thrust of her storyline is that she's not conventionally pretty, you know? So I think people were already kind of calling them out on that. So then to say, like, we didn't have a storyline for her, nah, that that actually makes it sound worse. Yeah, like, they should have they got a, a, a better story for that. And they didn't bring in another black, a young black girl character to replace her either. So it really doesn't look good. Yeah. All those kids running around doing karate, and they didn't bring in another character for her, mm-hmm. like. It, it just doesn't look good so yeah all right that's that's my take on cobra kai season three i enjoyed it it's entertaining it's terrible though <laughs> <laughs> i know i feel the same way where i'm like i mean but i've been saying this since i watched season one where i'm like i love the show i laugh at every single episode i i'm thoroughly entertained but i'm also like none of this works none of this works like this <laughs> like, like, this is all wrong this is all bad but it's highly entertaining. <laughs> um, so thank you for joining me to talk about the show. I just really wanted to discuss. And now that it's on Netflix, because I'm going to be honest, I was never going to watch it when it was on YouTube. Um, if it would have stayed on YouTube, I would still not know the glory of Cobra Kai. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was that good the first two seasons. It needed to be on a bigger platform. Yeah, because I was like, uh, I was like, Ugh, YouTube? You want me to pay for you? It, to me, that's like the Peacock thing right now. I'm not paying for Peacock. I don't care if you tell me every episode of The Office plus all the extras and extended version and cast interview. I'm not paying for Peacock. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, that's how I felt about YouTube. Um, so I'm really glad they moved to Netflix already paying for it. Um, and yeah, hopefully... I mean, now I'm going to be really watching the news for what season four of Cobra Kai is going to look like and when it's going to drop and how they're going to make up for the Aisha thing. Because actually, that is something that more people should be talking about. I haven't really heard many people talk about that either. And I saw some, I saw some stuff on Twitter when I searched. But yeah, I'll flat out, like it wasn't trending or anything. Yeah. Not to the degree that yeah. I hoped it would. Especially like hearing that excuse. Now I'm going to go on Twitter and complain about it until they start casting some black people on this show and giving them storylines um (laughs) like clearly they were not paying attention to all the protests this summer um all right so (laughs) i have no idea when we'll be back uh i don't know when any of the shows are starting but i'm sure we'll get back to some sort of schedule who knows this year is just as weird as last year um (laughs) talk to y'all later (laughs) 